And, and one thing I learned from friends growing up in terms of this whole analogy is about trial and error. This is how I learned the blessings of failure. Rejection. I was around, uh, I grew up in a West Indian community and like the big thing was how many girls can you talk to? And I remember I was scared to death to talk to highly attractive women when I was younger. It makes no sense, grew up in a house full of women. And so a lot of these big thug West Indian dudes I used to hang around with, if you don't talk to a girl and get like four numbers, we're gonna beat you down. So I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm gonna get beat up. So after school, they would stand in a car and I was standing in front of a train station. Rejection, 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 rejection. Get my feelings hurt, taking a breather, crying to back away from dudes, come out, wipe my tears. Rejection, 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 rejection. Did that for a summer and then it clicked. Losing ain't losing. It's winning if you take the data and assess it and get better. I have to run the rejection if I want to try something. And then it became a problem. I was a whore after that. Like, when I, was, I, was a whore. I was a whore. You know what I'm saying? But it taught me the lesson in terms of my own goal setting. Even though as, as I get older, I'm forgetting the use that I learned when I was younger. And just think about you. Like, think mm -hmm. about all the, the lit things that you know how to do, but it's like not using a tool in a toolbox you put in the basement. Like, oh, I got those tools, but I haven't used them in a long time. Mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to put like this. I'm 46 years old and I'm on TikTok. That is against the rules. <laughs> I'm the only person in my friendship circle that understands the viable career of content creation and how many corporations and many people are sleeping on this as if this is not a career like being an electrician and being a lawyer was when multi-billion dollar companies are paying individuals to do better marketing because their marketing departments aren't doing as much as creators doing. I'm not talking about influencers. I'm talking about content creators. Your brother's a videographer. He understands his power because mm -hmm. he's creating a visual representation for brands to utilize his independent contract service to align and they need him. And I, and every content, and pardon me for getting my content strategy is bad, but I mm -hmm. had a conversation. I did a show on my YouTube channel because I'm trying to big up my YouTube channel, not for the views, but it's my, I want to say how I feel. Let's see how it goes. I enjoy trial and error. And um, on my YouTube channel, I did a video because I'm a producer to it, just about a production piece of equipment. I had a great time. I did nine live streams this week. Why am I doing so many live streams? A, I'm a full-time content creator. And I believe that in order for me to get better, I have to put 100% and go all in. I have to mess up so much that I learn quicker than not messing up and not learning and overthinking because I dealt with paralysis by analysis. But go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah. And that that's actually a, a great point that you're making because like, the more shots you take, the more shots you're going to make, even though there's going to be more misses, right? Or you never know, you might have a great shot and you, sometimes you make a crazy, crazy shot or the more at bats you go, it's like Gary Vee says, like the more at bats you have, the more hits you're going to get. I mean, you're going to take more swings. Eventually you're going to get a hit a home run or hit a triple or whatever, right? But it's the same thing, bro. Same concept. Like you have all these skills, but if you're not using them, like you said earlier, you're renting these skills if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, it's like repetition. The more repetition you do something, the better you get at it. I'm pretty sure a lot of these skills that you acquired over the years, now they're making so much sense to you because you're like, wait, I've been working in the corporate world, designing all, or nonprofit world, uh, designing all these strategies for people to get uh, ahead in life. I have this download from when my grandma was little. Like I, my, when I was little, my grandma took me to these places. 
you know, I went to school and I learned how to make beats or not, or you probably make beats at home. Right. But, um, during the, when you were in high school, I'm pretty sure. Right. Or like yeah. right after high school. Yeah. I was hustling in high school. I kicked out of seven high schools. I'm a, I'm a proud <laughs> GD owner. I was, I literally stole, I was hustling thousands of dollars and had a legal studio another story another time. But yeah, I was kicked out of every high school, almost every New York, seven high schools and three GD programs. I was, wow. But that's but because not because I was a thug, ladies and gentlemen, but because all this, I discovered women and music. That's it. You were in the environment that was like catering to where you are now. Like it's like you you might go to different um, jungles and like as in the metaphor, right? You might go to different worlds and different jungles, and it's crazy out there. You got to survive, you know. Mm -hmm. So you learn different trades and stuff like that, and all of a sudden you move to a different part of the world, a different region, or a different uh, environment, and then you carry a lot of those trades. You're like, you know what? That didn't work, but this that I learned over there actually works over here. So let me carry that over. So you've learned so much throughout your life, bro. And like you're putting it all together and out. The morning motivation show, I think it's it's gonna catapult you to another level because now you're a full time content creator. You have the energy behind it. All these skills are coming to ground. Like when I listen to you, bro, I feel like it's like uh like when you hear an MC, like uh, not an MC, when you're a DJ living up the crowd, hey, what's up, what's up? I, that's what I grew up doing because it would alleviate people from shooting each other in my hood. That's a, I DJ as a requirement so people can stop getting shot. Like real talk, that's I did it as a stop gate. Where you stop see people having beef. But see, when you say it like that, <laughs> it sounds cool. When I did it, I was like, yo. It's about to pop off. What can I get thing, the same people who have beef in a room in two different hoods? And girls. And music. Girls and, music. And Mary Jane. I was like, <laughs> that'll stop the beef. What 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 uh, what was your go-to songs that you kind of like knew that this is gonna change the vibes here? See, I was half and half. Some I want when I hit peace and the peace in the room, when everybody's looking up, then I play violin music, then I bring it down. I'm older, but also don't know. Follow me by LIS. Follow me, the house mm -hmm. song that worked yeah. in New York um, with reggae, tingalingaling, shabaranks. When that, because the oh, dude like put like the, the, the <laughs> moment. You see dudes, you at a party. Oh, they they there, but then you see them saying, "The reason I will put on dance hall is because I know girls are gonna whine their butt, and they will whine on the dudes." And I would tell my homegirls, "Whine on him. He look like he's about to shoot up in this house party." And I, again, I use music as a tool to say, put your butt and wind up on him because he ain't going to shoot nobody in his house party. Like real talk. Like I would literally look at the crowd. I was like, okay, boom, everybody's having boom, fun. Great. Boom, you look it boom, up. Great. Yeah. Boom. boom, 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 boom and I'm like, boom, before somebody's like, yeah, look at this dude. Look at this dude. I'll tell my homegirl, yo, him, him. And then she'd be like, and then all the beef stops when the booty's on the lap. All the beef hey, stops everybody when the booty's about on the lap. The beef. Everybody forgot about the beef. <laughs> word, forget about the beef. But I gotta say one quick story. Like a whore, I was a whore then. I <laughs> used to date dancers. We'll just call that. Yeah. And one time, it's when Bloods first came to New York City. That's how old I am. Wow. It's the first time. <laughs> this is like 90, 90, late 90s. It's after Biggie. Yes, after Biggie, after Biggie? passed away. Oh, hey, it was rest in peace, Biggie, today. Yeah, yeah this, March 9th. You know the vibe. Yes, sir, March 9th. <laughs> Baby, baby, sorry, moving forward. No, we um, had to, we had to, bro. We had to, yeah. What you call it? Um, thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, um, what should we call it? And um, the Crips, yeah. a, a dancer, and the Bloods first came I mean, the Bloods, yeah, New York City. And picture this I invited my homeboys from work aside because I always like to DJ my birthday party. I never like to sit around on my birthday. 
I'm a person, if I'm in a room full of people, I like to cook for them. If I'm in a room, I'm DJing. Everybody asks me to DJ everything. I sold my DJ equipment. I can DJ off of two iPhones another sort another day. And <laughs> I invited all these people from work, all these people. I didn't know about this. All my friends from work was all gang members. Everybody from my hood that had a straight job, they just like, I'm like, you banging in the, in, in the night and just got a nine to five in the day? And just picture this. I'm in the back of somebody's loft and I'm in my DJ booth. So I see the front door, right? And I see my friends. I'm like, yo, what's up? I'm like, why is everybody wearing red and black? And I see my other homeboy. What's up? Then they have like gold and black. I'm like, oh, no. no. And Jeez. I'm like, so whole side of Latin Kings in New York on Latin one party. Kings. It's a whole side of bloods. And you, when you play music at a party, you can feel the tension. I call my girl at the time. Get your homegirls from work. Please get here fast. We was on our way anyway. No, 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 no. Come now. here fast. And the power of music. It was a whole room. It's like a long hallway, a long loft apartment. And, I, and I'm standing up on that on upper floor looking down. And it's getting tense. Red and black on this side. Gold mm -hmm. and, and black on this side. All the and then all I seen was people pulling out their beads, and I was like, "Oh, it's about to get cracking in here." And then I saw my girl come out with her fatty, and then all I kept on seeing, I said, "Yo," and I, I told, I called my girl, "Mind you, this is before cell phones and smartphones." Yeah. It's like calling on the house phone with the long cord. That's how I, I learned with that, the long bro. cord. Yeah, the <laughs> long cord where you get, you can bang your phone on somebody, like, but not hey, you decline. You can bang the phone on somebody. <laughs> you can and beat I said, somebody. Come here now. Come in now. When you walk through the door, just start shaking your ass. Trust me. Bang the phone. My girl at the time comes in fat. She had, I'm married. I can't think about the past anymore, but she had a fatty. <laughs> she was a dancer, whatever. <laughs> and then it was all her girls came and start whining. That black and uh, um, red black and black and, red, and gold. Black and gold. S became a rainbow around ass. Shaking wow. and crying. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. So my DJing came out of a necessity to stop. But yeah, just to be like, yo, just chill. Get a girl, smoke something, relax. And if, if, you, think of, if you think about it, man, like the only reason they have beef is for some psychological nonsense that doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. When you meet their, uh, you know, the hierarchy of needs, you know, they provide women and stuff like that. And they forget about all the beef, man. It was like, and then you have good music in the background. And that, that's what I say, bro. Frequencies can change your atmosphere and it can go both ways, right? Like if mm -hmm. I tell uh, I tell my friends, like if you go to a concert and they play a bunch of, uh, you know, like that hardcore rock music and they're saying like all kinds of crazy stuff. You don't even know what they're saying. They start like moshing and stuff mm -hmm. like that. People... Like the energy is crazy. Like they feel it. If you're, mosh, under, you're, you're, you're about to get whacked. For everybody. Nah, mosh, I thought I was cool for a mosh pit. I went to a rock club when I was younger. <laughs> I never got my jaw just totally. My jaw was like messed up. I, I went, boop, taste the blood in my mouth. Boop, head flash, elbow, boop. And I'm 6'6". Six, six. So there was elbows coming here and then punches coming in. We were, and I was like, bro, how is this enjoyment? How is this enjoyment? <laughs> Only black dude up in there, black Hispanic dude. I'm like, how are y'all enjoying this? I'm getting my ass whipped. Quick. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I got out there. Cause anybody that's super tall, though, everybody jump the tall person. It's just a target. That's like, why I gotta have a sense of humor, <laughs> avoiding beef. I learned that from Richard Pryor. Best way to get out of beef is start cracking jokes. You know bro. how many jokes saved me out of ass whippings? I'm mean, sorry, butt whippings, like real talk. Bro, Richard Pryor, bro, he can go out. I love them, bro. <laughs> For real. But he, let me he, ask you a question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. What was your breakthrough effort moment where you were like, yo, I got to do this. First part of the question, second part of the question. And there's a reason I'm asking the second part. 
what was the moment that you say, no, I got to do this alone because this needs to occur? So it, it's a long journey, but actually you're, you're going to go freak out, man, because I wanted to be a hip hop beat mm -hmm. maker. I wanted to be in the industry. So in 2000, I went to Houston. I live in Laredo. It's about two hours, three hours. No, like four hours from from Houston. It's a small little town over here by the oh, border. Texas is big. Jeez, yeah, it's, that's it's a, about something that's four hours away. I, it takes me 30 <laughs> minutes to get to Manhattan, 45 to get to Queens. You're talking about four hours. Whew. Exactly, bro. So when I, I wanted to reach, um, like, uh, I wanted to make music, bro. I was a hip-hop head growing up. Like, I was all into the East Coast, you know, everything from Wu-Tang to the Guru, um, you know, Leaders of the New School, A Tropical Called Quest, you know, BDP, like all the the late 80s, early 90s, mid 90s, MCs and all that stuff. I was all into that. So I wanted to make music. I wanted to make beats. I wanted to, you know, uh, produce. So I was like, the only way I, I would be able to do that is if I went to like an auto engineering school. Mm -hmm. And there was an auto engineering school in Houston. So I went out there in uh, Houston Community College, you know, mm -hmm. I went there for a year and I learned how to record music in an actual studio, bro. It was That's amazing. dope, bro. Oof. Bro. And I, I work, I work with uh, one of the engineers that work with the Ghetto Boys. His name is what? Brent Champagne. Yeah. Brent Champagne. He was our teacher, professor. And uh, yo, you had the hookup. Are you serious? <laughs> yo, I'm serious, I bro. wish. I, was I, it was, it I would was, have picked his brain every day in class. He didn't talk. like me, though. He didn't like me. I asked too many questions, and he was like, why are you asking that question? He was a white guy. But he was a little bit, uh, I don't know. He didn't like my vibe or something. I don't know. I was just asking. I was always in the studio because I I, I didn't want to go home because it was a long trip, and I was gas money and stuff. like. So I, I was always in the studio, like, learning learning how to uh, patch bays and connect the, the – because before the – no, you learned the right way. Yeah. Because everybody, like, you have a base skill set. Yeah. Because I still, I, I, everybody's getting me, trying to get me back into making beats because it's, again, using, I'm trying to use every one of my gifts. Their tools. Yeah. Before I go. And I strongly encourage you to pick up those gifts because they're not lost. They're just unused, like unused muscles. I don't, eight, listen, Griselda, 2 chains, Action yeah. Bronson and Danny Brown show me that you can thrive in your 40s and start late. Bro, for real, man. And I'm I'm encouraging you, please. No, we will, we will, you man. Got to make beats. I need. I'm, I'm gonna hook you up. up. I'm gonna hook you up. With one of my friends, uh, Brian, and I, we're trying to do a hip hop show on the side. So, I'll hit you up, man, because that's gonna be fun, and just it's gonna be more like a reminiscing on the good old times of hip hop, and just that's go good. Dive Shoot. deep on on albums and stuff like that. So I'll let you know. So so when I was there, I learned about recording. I learned about all this stuff. And if you go deeper into my story, my dad, when he was a young kid, he was a, uh, he liked to, in his little pueblo in Guadalajara, a small town, maybe like uh, 300 people. They were there in downtown, in downtown, it's like a tiny downtown. Um, they had a man who would do announcements and that's for the whole community there. Like they would do announcements with a speaker and a microphone, like, or like a speakerphone, right? And my dad's like, when I was a kid, I always wanted to do, be that guy. So he already had it in it, you know, in, in his mind that he wanted to be like an announcer. And then when I was older, he's like that. He told me one time, like, I want to make a show on the radio and talk about sports because he's a avid soccer fan. He loves soccer. He knows everything about soccer. 
And you told me that. And I was like, dad, you should do it. But he never did it. Right. So because technology, you know, back in the days wasn't that advanced. Like, and like it right now. And it was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> like expensive. if you want to start his own radio show, he'd have to like spend big money. So all of that inspiration was within me, but I was going in the wrong direction because uh, I always talk about how music inspires you, but it can inspire you in a wrong way too, because it can create false realities for you that you might think they're real. And within your lineage of your frequency of what you need to manifest in your life before you leave, before you die. And I think it manifested a lot of thoughts that I wasn't in line with. Like when I was in Houston trying to make music and all that stuff, I felt like this disconnect between my spirituality mm -hmm. and what I really wanted to do, which is why I wanted to do music. But my spirituality was like, bro, you're going into a realm you know, I don't think you're ready for it. And they show like the realm that I was in, I was able to see different frequencies that were, I was not connecting with it. Like mm -hmm. I saw ego. I saw, you know, when people don't read, they don't see friendships. They just see like, oh, that's another person. They see transactional um, resource exchanges, basically. Yeah. You use you, use you, Yeah. And I, I met some good people though. I mean, I mean a lot of good people, but I, I'm talking about like, Further down, I could see like the industry sucking you in and, and really um this dissolving your spirituality and all that stuff. And I started seeing how the how the spiritual world world works. Like I started understanding why sacrifices happen in the hip hop game. This is back in 2000, bro. I was like, hmm, these guys made it. Their family died. This guy made it. His family died. Do I want that? Hell no. I'm going back to home. I'm going back home. I love my family. I love my family. Mm -hmm. So I came back home and I started to regroup. 10 years later, 2012. No, not even, bro. Like 15, 16 years later. Because in 2018 is when I got into podcasting. And my homie invited me and we started doing podcasting for a while. Then, you know, he kind of has a career that's really well. They pay him really well. And. He has a lot of, uh, you know, time management where he has to spend time with his family and stuff like that. And he, I respect that. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I got to do this. So if, if I'm my own team, I got to go. Like, I can't stop. Like, I, I love doing this. I'm going to find my tribe. I'm going to go out and looking out for people who want to do interviews and just talk about this positivity. And I have, I have a, a good heart. And I know I can share a lot of knowledge and, and also experiences and thoughts. And I can get people to share their own experiences and thoughts to expand this wave. This wave right here is called E for love. You know, it's, it's, this is a love frequency right there. Mm -hmm. I feel like I believe that this right here is about all about love. And I feel like if we're able to share that love and, and multiply it and exponentially grow, we can reach the masses in every single way. It might not be today, it might not be tomorrow, but like you said, it might be years from now. Like, man, these guys were on something. Word. Like, you know, you never. I, I, quick story, real quick. When I was like, I forget, 15, 16, I was going around radio stations in New York with my homie. This is like 19, early 90s, whatever. And they had um, WNYU, which was a big radio station. WNYU. Yeah. And Stretch Bobito, which was like groundbreaking radio station. So Thursday night, the Martin Moore show, anyway. And I went to one of the radio stations, one of my homeboys who was in the music industry, and it was two guys there. They were shopping a record. They was telling them about what they're doing. And then they told me the first time I said, nah, we, you know, we got a little deal right here, but we independent. New York, like at that time, that was foreign to me. Like I was like, <laughs> independent? He said, yeah, we got this song on Payday Records. 
and I'm mad because I lost the vinyl. I got to find it. And the two guys were like, yeah, we're going to go and get it no matter what. Ask you who those two guys were. Who were they, bro? Dame Dash, Jay-Z. It get was out of here. Oh. In my, it was In My Lifetime. When no they did way. the In My Lifetime single deal on paid, it was, I believe it was Payday because I remember it was the In My Lifetime and it was like, I think it was Payday because I, I get that always confused with Jay Rue the Damager, but they did like a single deal or something like that and gave me Jay the record. Jay Rue the Damager, bro. And you then know? I was like, One of my being albums. a DJ before the internet, getting records or exclusive vinyl <sighs> was so like hard. gold because when you go to a party, you get the rip off the middle so nobody don't know where it's from, but you know where it's from because you put it in the sleeve. It's before Serato. So when I got that record and played it, that dun, 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 in my lifetime, then off of Jay-Z's first album and the hustle. And, and it brings me back to what Nipsey said. Uh, he was like, yo, I don't have, this is my defining quality is that I didn't quit. So I'm saying that to say, when you talked about, you never know where people are going to be. Think about it. You never know where we're going to be. Today's janitor could be tomorrow's CEO. 100%. Diddy was Sean Combs started off as an intern who got fired by Uptown MC and Andre Harrell. Right? He used to cut class, go there. Then something happened in Brooklyn at Brooklyn College. Some people died at an event that Diddy Combs had and they got trampled and died. And then yeah. they blamed it on Diddy to be the scapegoat of that, kicked them off for Uptown MCA, and then he started from the bottom. Isn't that when he worked with Mary J. Blige after that? Or was it? No, before? That was before. Because before, Uptown right? MCA. Had Heavy D, Mary J. Blige, um, Father MC, and that whole situation. They were under Andre Harrell because they did the hip-hop R&B thing. Yeah. And then he did his own thing and did Bad Boy and broke up a deal with Aristo. So, but it shows me that if we don't give up, we're going to find our way. If we want to help people, we're going to find our way. And what you're talking about, yeah, you said, I regrouped and I did this. My father felt this. I do this. We're going to find our way if we don't give up. Like I said, mess up till you get up like just do it and mess up but like i'll be having technical difficulties my camera be crashing like because my camera is my cell phone <laughs> i'm like this my camera is my cell phone okay i don't have the best wi-fi service i got hood wi-fi you know what i'm saying like <laughs> the show must go on sometimes my green screen when i have it in the back falls and then you might see my sock but i can't stop <laughs> i can't because st- you know what i tell people the morning motivation show could be for a season but then it ups to another show. I'm not going to stop live streaming because it is digital time capsules for my kid. I'm, when I thought about that, I'm doing it. We are doing this to leave a legacy. That's where likes and views don't matter. A hundred percent. Like I know about metrics. I know about algorithms. I know about all this, but in analytics, and I be in my analytics and I'm like, bro, shut up with the analytics. What is your goal for this season? My kid is about to be born. My own boy still about to be born in eight weeks. I'm like, great. So I have eight weeks before I can't stream anymore. So what's my strategy? I'm going to bombard much more, more, more motivation. Why? Because if I'm saying something that's going to help somebody, that's called evergreen content for you content creators. Go through your content list. I had a social media conversation with a good friend of mine. And I was telling her, have you looked at your game tapes? She says, what do you mean? I said, I am obsessed with watching Kobe Bryant interviews. And she says, why? Because Kobe, even in his passing, people talked about his work ethic, but not only that, they talked about how he assessed, studied to get better. I'm a psychology major, a bachelor's psychology. I'm fascinated by what are the win- what's the winning mindset? 
if you know, because I suffer from depression. So what what type of techniques can I use that people use to get better? Study your game tapes. What do I mean, everybody? Let's say you did 100. No, let's say you did 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. Kobe, what did he do? He went to practice two hours early. He played the game. He practiced like what? An hour after practice. Then he went home and looked at those game tapes. Why would a person who's won championship after championship study his game tape? Because he was obsessed to become better. So content creators, look at your live streams in the past six months. Or let's say you just started. Let's say you just started streaming a month ago. Look at your tapes and write down, how can I get better? Find people, like I do it. I look at Oprah videos. I look at this. I, I say, I, here's my overall goal. Forget the likes, forget going viral. That means nothing. That, that's the frosting. We want to, the cake is a batter and then frosting is last. I have, I have a purpose. I want to help people. What I want to do, this is my passion. I want to make beats. Like today, I can say I want to make beats, but I can still incorporate it that with live streaming. Yeah. I can still have a Twitch channel. Uh, uh, TikTok, Rumble, whatever app, and showing people my passion for making beats, it will draw. But if I made beats for a month, what do I do? Let me look at my beat videos. Let me look at Mad Lib videos. Let me look at Dilla videos. Oof. Let me look at Oof. DJ Unique videos. Let me look at this, but I'm looking at these people not to copy. Very important thing. I, when I was talking to my homegirl this week, she's like, yeah, you know, but man, somebody else did that. I said, great. The digital atmosphere, nobody has to be worried about copying because 97% of people who start a podcast, 97% of people that create content are looking for microwavable results that don't work like that. You have to have a 36-month outlook, and there's money for everybody in the digital space. Stop copying, be yourself. And the, the people who copy other people's ideas, they're not going to last. It's like when I, was, when I was talking to girls as a kid, people use other people's lines. I'm like, bro, what happens? Oh, you got the line. You got her attention. You can't talk. You can't. You lost their attention because after after you stole that first line, you That's can't it. hold the conversation. It's game over. It's you game don't have over. any. You don't have any more lines. You don't have it. That's not I, you. That's not. I you. learned all my game from mm-hmm. talking to women and getting rejected because talking to a, not a re, like I was purposely said, "Oh, I'm a bomb today. I'm going to talk to women who are way out of my league." But did that skill taught me. If I can hold somebody's attention span by being myself, I don't have to think about what I'm going to say. Think about that, consecrators. Mm-hmm. If you be yourself and you want to help somebody and you're passionate about it with somebody, you don't have to think about it. <laughs> you just it's be natural. yourself. It's, it's natural. natural. It should be natural. That's what I'm saying. I don't feel motivated every morning motivation show. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell y'all that I'm stressed on the morning motivation show. Here's how I'm trying to get out. Do you feel the same way? A hundred percent, man. Hey, man, I like that whole concept of like the going back to your videos or going back to your past uh, creations. I, I tend to do that. Like I listen to a lot of my old episodes and I'm like, I actually listened to the one that I told you about my friend that passed away today. Uh-huh. And I was like, bro, I was all over the place. You know, like I was like, I can critique myself. And be like, all right, I was, I was, uh, I was trying to do too much, and now I've learned to pace myself. You know, I learned to like listen very clearly, intentionally, to keep the conversation going. And before, maybe I was a little bit too rushed and trying to get my my two cents in, and wouldn't let the you know the guests explore a little bit more of the thought process, the idea, or the storytelling. That's why when you're speaking, I'm like, bro, go ahead, like paint your picture. I want you to paint your picture. I'm not going to take the brush away and be like, don't let me paint. No, no, you keep on painting. That's why I brought you on. And I didn't, I don't think I had that skill like a a few years ago. 
And it takes a while, man, because it's, it's like you said, like, if you don't start, you're not going to learn. You know, if you don't mess up, you're not going to get up. And all these things that you're saying are are like, I'm resonating with it. And that's why I when I bring people on to the podcast, I'm like, I bring your mom because I'm learning something from you guys, you know. Mm -hmm. And all these all the cats who have been on this year, 2023, my Jordan year, mm. 2023. <laughs> and then I'm going to be 45 this year. So I'm, I'm I'm coming back, bro. I'm coming back with a four or five. <laughs> so yeah, man, that's it's a beautiful uh I mean energy, bro. I'm feeling the vibes right now, really good, man. I, I'm loving the the talk right now. Yeah, because I love it too, because I'm learning as well. Because I'd be screwing up every show, but I'm like this. If I take the jump shots, I just gotta listen. I don't know. I function. I tell my wife this all the time. I wake <laughs> up every morning and be like, "Yo, I don't know everything. Let me go mess up a lot so I can learn more." Real talk. I Swear to God. Bro, like, that's how you learn the most, man. Let me mess up. Just mess up and you learn. I, I learned this from uh, one of my guests earlier. He said, you don't you don't lose. It's either you win or you learn. Learn. Factory. And if you apply that philosophy to everything you do in life, you would get mad never phone gonna, numbers from girls. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to feel like you lost. You know what I mean? Like, it's always a learning process. What are you drinking right there, bro? Some coffee? Nah, bro, I gotta. I know it's bad for my health, but yes. I am down in Pepsi as some sort of stress measure. Like, listen, I got three vices one, curry goat and rice Good. and peas. You're making curry goat and rice and peas. Never Two, tried that. Sounds good, though. Yes, yeah, fire. I love that, that spice. Two, Pepsi and three, vapes. Two of them vapes. are bad. Curry goat is great. I just like my face burnt off when I'm eating West Indian food. I like hot, spicy West Indian food. I found out when I went to Arizona, though. That Mexican spice is a different ball game. Hey, bro. hey, hey. What's, what's spicier? What's spicier, bro? Bro, I, I was like, they was like, yeah, try the green sauce and the um the red sauce. My dumb self, mind you, it was in the morning. Oh, I came out off the flight in the morning. I was like, I want to have waffles after this, but I want to have authentic Mexican, Mexican food because the only Mexican food I know about is Chipotle's, and that's fake Mexican that's food. Yeah, that's not real. So I put the red sauce and the green sauce, and I, I, I don't know if it's all New Yorkers, but me, we make sandwiches out of everything. So I took the corn tortilla, because I don't like flour tortilla. I found that out when I went to Arizona. I don't like flour. I like corn, fresh corn mm. tortillas, and I put the eggs, the chorizo, the steak, and I pour both sauces. I was like, oh, this tastes good. Second bite. You're yeah, crazy, it was like man. It felt like I tongue-kissed the devil. That's how hard hot that was. It was horrible. I was like, bro. And I, they're laughing at me behind the counter and because it's a small, small Literally. restaurant. Yeah. And it's like, bro, we told you not to do it. I was like, it hurts so good because it tastes wild good. And I'm going to eat more bites. It's too good to taste. Because fresh flavor it's that they made the ingredients. Mm. The corn tortilla was so... I didn't know. Like, I didn't know how good... A freshly fresh made corn, corn tortilla. Like she put the thing and she, I like I don't know what's that called. Yeah, uh, like she squashed it right, and then it yeah. becomes like it's like a little uh, ball a of, of ball. Of, yeah, and then just, they squash it in this actual flat. They put it in the in the in the griddle, and then all of a sudden it's a real tortilla, and you're like, what? Get, get out of here! You talking like you talking everything like I told people when I came from the West Coast. I came back to New York. I said, How'd you like it? There's something about the West Coast. It has fresher food. A lot of things out here is processed in New York. Mm -hmm. So when I tell you I got full so quick out there, fresh corn tortillas, like fresh everything, the fresh guac. First of all, I didn't know guacamole is supposed to taste like that. Oh, but the man. red sauce and, 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 and the green sauce, it mm. hurts so bad. 
Mm. But I still went back and ate more. I was like, yo, this, you know how something tastes so good and it's painful, but you still going to eat it because it's fresh ingredients. It's painful. I was like, yo, I don't care. I was like, I was crying. I was sweating. You were sweating. You were sweating. I know you were sweating. I was sweating. Bro, I had the (laughs) armpit circles, but it it tastes so fresh because I'm big about fresh food. People don't know this, but a lot of DJs, they like cooking because it's the same thing. Mixing ingredients, coming up with a dish. Mixing Ooh, and mix, I like, coming up I with like a dish. that metaphor. It's the, it's the same thing. A lot of DJs are good cooks. You're not, you're not going to believe me, bro. My best friend, DJ Georgie V, mm-hmm. he likes uh, all kinds of music, but he's more into country and Tejano. Mm-hmm. He is a chef and he's a DJ. So it's the same thing. The money, bro. I bro, didn't know that. Hey, think about it. Fresh ingredients. Mm-hmm. A meal. You can have the same spice rack in your cupboard. You can have the same ingredients and can make 10 meals. You can have the same playlist, the same to 100 songs and flip the playlist. But again, think about you. You're a podcaster. Mm -hmm. You're a YouTuber. You're a content creator. You can probably rap. I don't know if you said the rap part. You produce. You're an engineer. A little bit. (laughs) Yeah. But just imagine this. And I've been saying this to myself because a lot of my young homies, OGs, I taught music and a lot of older people that are 40 who gave up on their dreams. I was like, nah, bro. I want 30 albums so my kids can hear like in 2062 and I'm going to make them. Think about that. Mm. We're in a climate again. I hate putting on my social media hat, but we're in a climate right now where we don't have to deal with what we dealt with in the past. Like, you know how it is. You go into the studio and it's the energy that the dark force energy and you're like, dang, I just want to make music. I feel like I'm going to get shot in here. Oh, I just want to make music. <laughs> this person is sensitive. All that energy with the internet. Now you hold the rules. So let's say you say, you know what? For three months, I'm just going to make two, two, two mixtapes or two albums because I can do it. What's stopping us? And I said it to myself. If there's classic rock where there's 60 old rockers, 40 old rockers, 50 old rockers, we're in the season where hip hop is 50 years old. There is lanes right now for people in their 40s because hip hop fans are 40, 50, and 60. So yeah. the de- from a business standpoint, the demographic is open for people in our age range to speak that demographic because they think that hip hop is a young man's sport. No, we're in a classic hip hop era right now. Yeah, I love that. I love that analogy. Mm-hmm. So if anybody watching this, if you're 40 years old and you had a dream of rapping and producing, I'm going to tell you this. I'm releasing three EPs with my homeboy who's also my age. And we're going to release it via TuneCord. You know why? Because there are no rules anymore. The internet, there is no rules. Bro. If you want to create something, post it. Who cares? We care. That's it. That's all that matters. Occasionally, I'll get on GarageBand. That's my own, my own. And I'll make beats, right? And I'm like, man, I miss those days when yeah, it was hard to get a beat done. Like mm-hmm. you actually had to go to a studio, have a keyboard, mm-hmm. have a, a MIDI player, like yeah, have NPC, all these connections. Trident. I had the thing. Trinity. I had the Trinity. You had the Trinity? I had the Trinity, bro. But Man, I stole I the MPC 2000. Like, I hustled <laughs> every piece of gear I had. I went to Guitar Center, true story, and, and this is way past. I went to the Guitar Center in a cab straight from Brooklyn to Manhattan. That was like a 40-minute ride. I paid that cab like $60. I got some money, whatever, and I had a Jansport book bag with $7,500 in it. I went to Guitar Center, bought an MPC, some keyboards, and I just paid them like, like hundreds and fifties, went home, made beats, and then I got saved, then got convicted spiritually. And I was like, give your studio away. 
I was like, no, I worked hard to hustle for that. That was a lot of work. I flipped. <laughs> and God says, give it away. I gave my full studio away. Wow, man. Today, I have 10 times the equipment more than I have in the studio. I got two NPCs, got an ASR 10. I got keyboards. I got double because I was faithful. And if yeah. you're faithful of a little and you're obedient, you're going to be blessed with much. Yeah. We have our channel. You have your show. If we are faithful over this little, this is what I'm learning. We'll be blessed with more if we're obedient and listen to the spirit and the energy direct us. I'm not perfect. Look, there's a sock right there. See, I'm imperfect. See, like, Bro. you know, there's a green screen right there. My couch got messed up pillows, but I still have to post content because I need a time capsule so my kids can say my father's hilarious and he motivates sometimes. Bro. Amazing, dude. We're getting down to the last three minutes of my 40 minutes <laughs> before I cut you off and it just shuts down. If you want, we can continue for another 15, 20. But if you want, we can wrap it up right now, depending on what you do, man. Man, you have a great vibe, great energy. We, I, I, I'll just do something this quick minute. Thank you for um, most definitely um, bringing me on the show. This is a good conversation because it's been really rough being a content creator. What do I mean? We have to watch our back against dark forces digitally. Mm -hmm. What do I mean? Dark forces such as haters, like I did in my show last week, I had a show called Energy Vampires. Energy Vampires are people who haven't identified their purpose. And when they see a person, move, person moving in their purpose, like you moving in your frequency, your love frequency, like me moving in my morning motivation frequency, and they try to cling on to it and they groom to us to try to pull us down based on jealousy. And it's been rough, but hearing your vibe, feeling your energy, energy doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. I'm loving this and I'll talk for as long as you need to, but I just want to tell everybody, go for your dreams. Our gifts are for rent. You don't want to die with your dreams. The graveyard is full of everybody who shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. That should be an album cover right there. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Bro, bro I, I'm going to beg you to make beats again. Because again, the lane is open. Bro, The lane is open. My inspiration for beats was RZA. Of course, it's fire. Primo, Primo. Um, I like some of the South Coast from Atlanta and the whole uh, like uh, when Cash Money came out with Manny Fresh. I like Manny Fresh drums. Mm -hmm. So I, when I make beats, I, I go into those three little, you know, uh, Pete Rock, Pete Rock, mm -hmm. Primo, a little bit of Dre, a little bit of everything. You know, but just like come up with my own style. <laughs> Mine was days, DJ bro. Quick. DJ Quick, Ali, Ali Shaheed Muhammad from Tribe Called Quest. I forgot and, about um, RZA slash Premier is a tie. Like, but DJ Quick, because of the funk. Yeah, man. Um, Ali Shaheed Muhammad because of the jazz. Bro, I forgot RZA's, about Ali. I take that back. Ali Shaheed yeah. Muhammad, bro. No, we, 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 we got to have a limit. But I was the only person in my hood in the middle of the East Coast, West Coast be playing nothing but West Coast music because West Coast has a melodic it. vibe. It has a melodic energy and it and it's... If you play the beat of a West Coast track with no words on it, grandmas, just, kids, and everybody, it's just a vibe. Like that Ice Cube beat. Like, uh, which one? You can do it, put your back into it, or today was a good day. No, no that, today was a good day. Yeah. Man, that beat was so good. Was my so favorite good. beats, my favorite West Coast album, Bar None, I think it's a classic. Chronic. If you want to talk about it, nope. 